Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Hello, with Miss Lakey McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Make sure you follow, download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch any of our five live shows throughout the week. If you haven't to miss them, you can go back and watch and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow them on all social media platforms at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Once again, find Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you could do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes in all those podcast platforms. W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Right, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions on our sports topics during our two-hour extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, or as you young folks will say, at at ignorant. I've given mm-hmm. Lakina full boot to give you guys the Draymond Green World Champion boot. Oh, uh, okay. Well, back in the winner's circle. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. That's pretty much what you said last night. That's pretty much what you said last night. Let's kick off this Friday edition of Second City Sports by discussing the 2022 NBA World Champion Golden State Warriors. They finished out their championship mission last time by defeating the Boston Celtics 103-90. to this is the Warriors' sixth trip to the NBA Finals in eight years. This is their fourth title in eight years. Steph Curry was named finally named the 2022 Bill Russell NBA Finals MVP. Steve Kerr, the head coach, has now nine championships in total throughout his NBA career, five as a player and four as a head coach. Andre Iguodala has four rings. Klay Thompson has four rings, along with Steph Curry with four rings. Now, as far as the game is concerned, the Boston Celtics came out with a hot start. They led at one point in the first quarter, 14-5. to 
But from there on after, the Golden State Warriors showed their championship medal and took over the game. Now, the Boston Celtics made one more run by the end of the third quarter into the fourth, but the Warriors held on for a tough 13-point win on the road. Lakina, let's start off with the Warriors first. Uh, coming into the season, we had on our panel about to, to do our NBA season preview show. We said the Warriors could do some things and perhaps make make things interesting in the Western Conference, but let's be honest here. Not many people had them winning the NBA championship. Everybody talked about the Lakers, the Boston Celtics, and perhaps the Phoenix Suns or the Milwaukee Bucks repeating. None of those things happened. The Warriors uh, missed the playoffs the last two years. Steph and, uh, Steph and Clay both missed a significant amount of time of uh, the last couple of seasons. Of course, Clay Thompson Clay came back this season in early January. Uh, Stephen Curry held down the fourth. We saw the emergence of Jordan Poole. Lakina, was this a surprise to you? No, I actually had the Warriors in seven, so they actually did better than I I anticipated. But, I mean, as far as if you saw the uh, the emotion during those last few seconds of that game, just a pure, like, raw emotion from Steph and everything he went through, everything Clay went through with, his, with their various injuries, and then Draymond and his struggles and everything else. I, I think this is sort of like a culmination of no one thought that they'd be back in it. Once, you know, Kevin Durant mm -hmm. left after that second championship, well, the their third, but you know, his second with them, everyone mm -hmm. thought that it was over with. They had the worst record, you know, a couple of years after that, you know, during the bubble, then they, then they came back. Then they also struggled, you know, they struggled last season. They were, they, you know, lost in the playing game to Memphis. So, you know, I, I feel like this is definitely kind of like a full circle. Cause if you ask Draymond, if you ask Steph, if you ask, Play they also this 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 champion and even you know Coach Kerr too as well. This is you know his ninth, mm -hmm. you know, just now he's two joins Phil Jackson is now having multiple championships, both as a player and as a coach. You know, they they say this is probably the most satisfying because no one thought that they'd be back. So I think this is definitely kind of more yeah, I know when you when you have you know guys that and gals that win, you know, different number of titles, you think, eh, you know what, you know, this one's better than the rest. This is probably the most satisfying and probably the most gratifying. Out of all of them, let me look. Look at the you know, all this stuff that you know Steph you know joins the elite company. You know he's he joins LeBron and you know Tim Duncan and MJ and Magic and Kareem and you know, of course Bill Russell having you know four NBA titles and at least two NBA MVPs. He now has four. He now has two NBA MVPs. Now he finally gets his first NBA Finals MVP because if you remember the first title that they you know that the Warriors won. Well, in this core is there, is our seventh overall, but with this mm -hmm. core. Uh, LeBron was actually the best player on that team, and you know Iggy and Iggy Andre Iguodala. His this is his fourth title. You know he that's was his MVP, and the two titles that won with Durant. Durant won one MVP both of those. So you know it's definitely kind of a culmination. It's probably the most satisfying, the most gratifying for all of them and that whole core. Now we'll get to the Celtics in a second, but you know of course the Warriors they're the first team to win four championships in an eight year span since of course the Bulls you know, during the nineties, um, Andrew Wiggins, you know, you probably could have made an argument for him being the MVP. He's now the first former number one pick in the modern era since 66 to win his first, to have his first all-star election and his first title with the, with the team that he didn't debut with. So that trade that they did with, with that they made with Wiggins, I think definitely was a difference. You could probably say to some extent, they probably would not have won this title without Wiggins and without making that move. So and you saw his comments, you, you kind of help that feel of, of you know satisfaction the feel of you because know, he, he thought that maybe you know maybe it, it wasn't going to work out and such but he was able to got to got up to a, a better start and 
you know, probably a better team, a better fit team, because he wasn't a good fit with the Cavs. So, you know, I think have I think you know that changes there definitely helped him in his career. You also had look, you also had mm-hmm. other guys stepped up. I mean, Gary Payton the second, you know, gets his first ring and only his second season. And, you know, just this is an amazing, great, you know, team, you know, win. And you kind of saw like the, the just like I said, the pure emotion, the pure joy afterwards during those uh, various uh you know, pressers, especially with those interviews and whatnot. I mean, you saw, we all saw Draymond and how, you know, in his reactions and such, you know, Jordan Poole winning his first title, all those young players, you know, winning their first. Otto Porter finally, you know, move. Yeah, Otto Porter Jr., some of the some of the role players that you talked about, Otto Porter Jr., he was with the Bulls a couple of years ago under that, uh, hor- horrendous leadership of Gar Paxson, of course, the head co- former head coach Jim Boylan. He finally gets his first ring. A- Andrew Wiggins, we talked about on our last show, uh, he made a difference uh, with the Warriors winning the title uh, this year. Last year, yours truly thought that he was going to be a trade piece last summer. It didn't work out their way. Andrew Wiggins came back with a, a different mission this year. He was challenged by assistant head coach, now former assistant head coach Mike Brown, saying that you need to be uh, become of a, a better defensive player and sticking some of the top scorers on the other team. He did that this year. He did that in this series. And for the series, Andrew Wiggins averaged 18.8 points while grabbing uh, close to nine rebounds a game. And so, uh, like Lakina said, Andrew Wiggins, uh, could you could have made an argument for him getting an MVP, but she t- also, Lakina touched on Steph Curry. You saw the true raw emotions from him last night. All the stuff he's been through, both on and off the court, the last couple years. The first, this is the first title that he's won in the last uh, in the last four years. First time since 2018 that uh, that the Warriors have won a title. He's been back on top. And so Steph Curry averaged over 30 points a game in in this series, and he nailed down some big shots when he had to, along with Clay Thompson. But with Steph Curry. Uh, I know a lot of credits talked about he's never made the big shot. Uh, he doesn't come through in the clutch. Well, he disputed. Uh, all, you can have a, these fake disputes all you want to, but when it was time to make that big shot or make a big play, Steph Curry did that, and that's why he was the 2022 NBA Finals MVP. You listen to Second City Sports, the Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid is here with you. Lakina should be rejoining us here in just a moment while she gets her technical issues together. Let's go to the box score of last night's win for the Golden State Warriors in Game 6, 103-90 to in the TD Bank North Garden. Draymond Green. Uh, in 42 minutes of action, uh, he's really he really played well to close out the series these last two games. He had 12 points, 12 rebounds, and, and eight assists, so he he was two dimes shy of a triple double. Uh, we talked about this on our last show with our guy Josh Hicks from War Media. Many people, including yours truly, thought that Draymond Green had lost it because uh, after Game Two, uh, he was being watched closely by the referees. We all know that he plays with an edge. He plays with a style of a style of toughness that, that irritates the other team. If he was your teammate, you will love him. But if he was on the other team, you'll hate him. But last night in particular, uh, uh, he played within himself, didn't foul out of a game. And uh, he uh, came up two dimes shy of a triple double. So Traymond Green uh, made a difference uh, with the Warriors win last night. Otto Porter Jr., as I mentioned, the former Bull, he has six points, including two or three from three point range. Andrew Wiggins, Ended up with 18 points in six rebounds. He had two offensive rebounds. And I thought that's another uh, element not too many people are talking about. Andrew Wiggins, especially on the offensive rebounding end, 
uh, made a huge difference for the Golden State Warriors in the last half of this series, and it showed up on the score sheet again last night. Steph Curry had 34 points, including 6 of 11 shooting from three-point range. Klay Thompson had 12 points off of two of eight shooting from downtown. Klay Thompson had an on-and-off series, but it was nice to see him back in the winner's circle last night with his fourth NBA championship and him making this return to the court uh, this season after missing the last two years due to various injuries. Off the bench, uh, Igor Dollar only played one minute. It's just the end of the line for him. We don't know. This is his fourth ring all with the Golden State Warriors, but it was nice to see him on the floor last night. Will he retire? We don't know, but we'll we'll soon find out. Also, to Gary Payton the second in 20 minutes of action, he had six points and three rebounds. Kevon Looney, seven rebounds off the bench. He was booted out of the starting lineup in the last couple of games, but Gary Payton the second, I don't know if you guys caught this on social media last night, but it was nice to see him and Gary Payton. They had a picture of them both at center court sharing the NBA championship. Of course, his father, Gary Payton, won his title with the Miami Heat back in 2006. Of course, uh, Gary Payton the second with his first, hopefully would be many titles uh, as the Warriors won last night. Yeah, sorry about that, folks. A little technical difficulties there, but uh, you know, look, you know, those are some great moments with all the dads. I know Steph had a a, a nice moment with his dad. I saw mm-hmm. uh, some you know other other uh, other players here you know, with their fathers and such. I don't know. If, I don't know if his his uh, Clay's dad, Michael, who won a couple of a couple of these with the Lakers. I don't know if he was there, but he was um, there. Yeah, he was there. Okay, uh, so mm-hmm. I. I this is sort of like you know those great moments, those little like you know powerful moments. You think of Otto Porter Jr. Of course, I know a lot of Bulls fans were you know hoping that maybe he you know, he he come back here, but you know it's great to finally see him finally get his first title after some of the various struggles he had. So you know, just you know the, like I said, just probably the this is this one's probably the most satisfying um, you know sort of championship for them, and I think. You know, with everything they went through and such, I mean, you know, now, you know, Steph joins the league company and, and, and whatnot. So just, you know, a great uh, overall moment, you know, just, you know, in the sharing. And it actually ended up being a great finals. I know some, you know, some people, I know some Boston fans feel like, well, you know, they they gave it away and, and such. You know, the Celtics gave it away, you know, of course, that 23 to 1, 21 to, to, to 2 run that, you know, the, the Warriors went through, you know, going into, you know, the second quarter. I, I mean... No, look, look, I think the Celtics were playing with house money. No one thought that they would get this far in the, in the Eastern Conference. And I, I feel like, look, look, I know I know Tatum had his struggles, you know, only having, you know, six for 18 from the field, only having 13 points. Um, you know, they really didn't have too much, you know, contributions from anybody off the bench for the most part. So that definitely kind of, you know, came back to bite them in the butt. And I, and I feel like that sort of was what really kind of eventually killed Boston in the end. Yeah, I want to ask you this question, Lakina, and we'll ask our viewers and listeners. Uh, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube and answer this question. On the flip side for the Boston Celtics, you mentioned Jason Tatum, 13 points in all last night. He was only uh, he only had two points in the second half. If you're a Boston Celtics fan, do you blame Jason Tatum, or or you just had to, do you just tip your cap and say the Warriors were a better team? Hopefully the latter. I mean, like I said, I think no, no one really thought that Boston was going to get this far. So I, I think for people to sort of say that, you know, especially for Celtics fans, that, oh, the Celtics kind of gave away. Look, the Celtics were playing at house money, like I, like I was saying. So it, it, it's just, you know, I honestly don't know what else can, you know, can be done at this point. If you, what else can you mm-hmm. say? I mean, yes, can the Celtics be back? Sure, I'm sure. Of course, they could probably they can come back and, you know, perhaps maybe you know get a chance to win it, but. 
but I also feel like like Mark Jackson said in the in the in the, in the, in the broadcast, he only went to one finals in 17 years with the Knicks. And they lost that final. So, and they lost that final. That was like I think that was the first. Well, I don't know. If that was the first. I think it was the first one that that um with, with the Houston with Houston winning. So yeah, remember he wasn't on that team. Hmm. Right. He was with so, the uh, Clippers then. The Clippers then. Oh yeah. So I, I was yeah. trying to figure out which 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 team was it he was on. But it, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, yeah, you hope that maybe you can get back, but I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I mean, look, you get. You look at the Sixers. We'll see what I know. The I know Harden said he wants to, you know, sign a contract extension. Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you gotta think they'll be back. We'll see what Miami does. We'll see what the Bulls do. So, I mean, you can say that oh, well, it can probably come back easily, but it's not going to be that easy. No, it's not. As you mentioned, you mentioned uh, those those teams that are at the top of the Eastern Conference, Lakina. Let's not forget about Brooklyn either. Will Kyrie Irving be back n- next year? And we, we'll talk about the Bulls just for a minute uh, when we get back for this break before we get into Stanley Cup final talk. But uh, the Bulls, uh, there's there there was some news of, about uh, that uh, about a potential deal. But whether that deal goes down or not, you know the Bulls are going to be back in the, in the mix uh, next year. So you got about four or five teams in the Eastern Conference. That that could challenge Boston to get back to the finals, like you say. Can Boston get back? Sure, but it's not going to be as easy as people think. You know, all the teams around them are going to get better now. Back in the Western Conference for the Warriors, uh, can they uh, continue this dynasty? Sure, but the Western Conference is going to get better next year too. You got a healthy Clippers squad that's going to come back. We don't know mm-hmm. what the Lakers going to do, but you still have Denver. They're going to be healthy next year. Jamal Murray and Michael mm-hmm. Porter Jr. And and you're also going to have Dallas. Hopefully, they'll add a second start to go with Luka Doncic. Doncic. So, uh, it's going to be very interesting uh, next season. It's not going to be easy for the Warriors either. But comparing the Warriors to Boston, who's going to have the toughest road? I think it's going to be Boston personally. Well, remember too, uh, the Mavs just traded you know to, for Christian Wood, you know from the Rockets. Mm-hmm. So that he definitely will he will definitely help kind of you know take the sort of a sort of like the the. the you sort of like take the, the load off of you know from Luca, so I think that should help a little bit now. And I think, like you said, Sid, that you know it's not going to be easy for either one of these teams. I mean, well, we'll mm-hmm. see how much you know how much juice they have left. You got to think, yes, Clay will be better because he's had more you know endurance and whatnot. But I also you know feel like if you know it's just one of those things where you kind of wonder hmm, what what's going to happen here. And like I said, the West is going to be wide open and everything else. So. You know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, you know, we could could we see both these teams back next year? Sure, but it's not going to be easy for either one. We'll have our buddy from KXRB Radio, Christine Manica, hopping on with us to talk uh, about a whole lot of stuff. Uh, we'll get our thoughts about the NBA Finals. Uh, there's a lot of changing uh, in sports media around mm-hmm. our city and around the country, and we'll get into some Stanley Cup talk like Lakina said uh game one could this be a precursor to a great series or is a not as it will be a formality for the colorado avalanche uh, we'll get into all that and more you're listening to the friday edition of second city sports i'm sid that's Lakina. you're listening to sports zone chicago See me. See me. See me. 
See my dark skin and my kinky hair. See me. Don't see past me. Don't see through me. See me. See my tan skin and my curly hair. See me. Don't see past me. Don't see through me. See me. See my face wet with tears from years of oppression. See my hands weathered and worn from decades of pulling myself up through your society. See my feet split from centuries of walking your delicate line. See me. See me. See me. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Welcome back to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in the living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakimia McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brownhead. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny McGee on the IG. You have any questions or comments for us during our last 90 minutes of this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show? You can go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Join us now. She's our closer, even though it's a little bit early. She's our closer, our home girl from KXRB Radio mm-hmm. in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Here comes Christine, the Queen Manica. What's up, Christine? Hi, guys. <laughs> What's going What's on, Christy? How are you? I, I don't know what day of the week it is. I'm so <laughs> busy the next day. I yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's a that well, that's that's a good thing, right? Yes. I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, look, I mean, I know you got some games, soccer games coming up and such. So yeah, it's it's just a just a you know, it's great that that great thing happening for you. So, you know, we you know, we could be more we we wouldn't be more couldn't be more excited for you. And so, oh, so thank you. Yeah, like let's get right to it. What do you think about the the game last night? The game clincher for the Warriors being you the know, Celtics. 
I I honestly thought that this could go a seventh game. So when I woke up and saw, oh, they won, it's like, wait a minute, this was supposed to go seven games, not just five games. So I, I don't know if they wanted to win in Boston or not, but it's a great win for them. I know that they've been struggling for the last couple of years. So to get this win with the, with that team and to have Steph be the MVP, it's a, it's a great day for them for sure. I want to ask you about Steph Curry. Of course, he finally gets his NBA Finals MVP. Some people say it puts him in the first-tier group of the uh, the best point guards of all time. Some people say, including yours truly, that he's in the second tier of, of, of the greatest players of all time. I said, hold on, because his career is not finished yet. He still has at least three or four more years of, of good prime basketball. What is your thoughts mm-hmm. about Steph Curry? Uh, what do, where, do, where do you think he belongs in, in terms of the greatest players of all time? You know, when when players, when people start talking about greatest of all time, you think that they're towards the end of their career. But it's like mm-hmm. you said, he still has mm-hmm. a long way to go. And it's interesting how you look at sports when you compare the ages. You have baseball, basketball, and football, the, the three main ones. And you think, gosh, like these guys, some of them are in their 40s playing. Some of them are in their mid-30s. Some of them retire after only playing two or three seasons. So mm-hmm. so it's interesting to hear people say for basketball, oh, they're going to be done by their 33. Well, hold on there. there. There's still some guys that if they want it, they can have that juice in the tank still. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He retired, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but then he probably was sitting around going, this is boring. I need to go back into the action. He's going to be 45 years old next month. So right. it just goes to show you if you got the body still for it, if you have the proper mindset, you can totally continue to play the game for as long as you want. I can say the same thing about Steph Curry. You know, he, knock on wood, as I'm saying this, he hasn't really had any significant injuries that you would see in a point guard. I'll say Dare Gross, because that's the most infamous one where we saw injury after injury for him. So Derek Rose at one point was probably one of the greatest point guards of all time. But those injuries, they they can do a number on you, whether it comes to how different your game is or how many years you shaved off of being on the court. And in Steph Curry's case, you know, I think he can go on for at least another five, six years. That's probably stretching it. But I, I can see him doing that if he continues to stay healthy and continues to stay with his mentality as would I rank him? I'd say he's probably at least in the top 10 right now, top five even. Where where do you think this championship measures with the other championships? I know you hear you know, all of them, Steph and Clay and Draymond and Coach yeah. Kerr, all of them say that it's right up there with the it's probably even more more gratifying and satisfying than like the maybe the first three. So where do you think where do you think this one measures? Yeah, I can definitely see that. You know, coming off of a year like 2020, then kind of not really having a normal season in 2021, teams in general have been through a lot. Basketball has been through a lot the last couple of years. So I can see why why Steve, Coach Kerr would say, yeah, this is this is definitely the most satisfying out of all of them because they had to grind their way through to where they are right now. You know, COVID play a, a big factor for a lot of teams with massive COVID outbreaks and then not being able to play some games because of COVID outbreaks with certain teams. So, yeah, I would agree with, with Steve Kerr when it comes to that. Did I think it was going to be more exciting, like seven games? Absolutely. I wish it was something like that. But the way that they won, it's the way that it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, Christine, about the Boston Celtics. Do you, uh, 
who do you blame uh, for, for this loss? Do you blame Jason Tatum, their superstar player, or could you just say uh, they got uh, they got beat by a better team? I think that you can just say that they got beat by a better team. It, it's like I was telling. I agree. Yeah, it's like that you were. Mm -hmm. I was telling people the other day. The Celtics are a historic organization. You, you know, that you got 17 championships under that belt, and that will continue to grow. However, I think they came out really quick and lost that fire really quick. So they just got beaten out by a better team mentally and physically. Yeah, where do you think can can the Celtics you know make a return or or either one of these teams? Can they both can either one or both of them uh, come go back to the finals next year? Well, I think that's always the question after a team wins. Is this going to be the same team? Are are we going to see them back in contention for another championship? I, if the team stays the same, yeah, it's possible that they can be back in contention. Do you think? Do I think the Celtics are going to make some changes? Yeah, I mean, all, all teams always do that, especially when they were so close to tasting that victory. There's got to be some sort of a, a change involved there in order to figure out the right pu puzzle pieces to go forward. Our homegirl, Christy Manica for KXRB Radio, is joining us here on the Friday edition of Second City Sports. Right here on Sports on Chicago, Sid Lakini here with you. We're live and in living color. Of course, Christine giving us her hot takes on sports, entertainment, and more. Let's go to baseball, Christine. The Chicago White Sox oh, on the current yeah. three game, three, uh, three game, <laughs> current three game winning streak. Yes, it's against the Detroit Tigers, but we'll take it bravo, the way this bravo. season's gone so far. Yeah. <laughs> they scored a total of 26 runs, including a 13 nothing shutout. On Wednesday, they had the day off yesterday. They played the Houston Astros down in Texas this weekend for a three-game series. And this is the first time these two teams will play each other since last year's playoffs. Uh, what do you uh, expect from the White Sox in this series this weekend? I think we all have to keep in mind they swept Detroit. It's Detroit. It's not like it's the Yankees. It's not like it's the Angels or the Twins. It's Detroit. They literally just swept Detroit. Anybody can do that, right? So when it comes to Houston, this one's going to be interesting. I believe something happened with them the other night. It was, it was like a back-to-back -back home run type thing with the was, with the Twins or something like that. It was the Immaculate Innings. Yes, yes. For those, <laughs> yeah, for those of you who, want to know, who are wondering what that is, it's when a, you know, when a pitcher strikes out all three batters he faces in one inning using the minimum possible number of pitches. They did it twice. Luis Garcia and Phil Mason actually, you know, had that honor. So, yeah, it was just, you know, crazy because yeah. it's so rare. So Did they check the baseball? <laughs> they might have. Who knows? They might have. But, yeah, I think they're I think they're both like the 40th and 41st picture to do it uh, yeah. in, in history. Oh, 106. Yeah. So, and Astros actually have the most. They have nine of these. So, maybe it yeah. probably was meant to be. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think the Astros – I mean, look. If look, if they can win two out of three against the Astros, I'm talking that's about the White win. Sox. Yeah, that's that's a win. Yeah, that's a win in my book. It, it'll even better if they, if they sweep. It'll be even better. But mm -hmm. at the same time, though, if they they lose a series or get the forbid they get swept, you're right back where you started. So. I, I, I will say this, the, the White Sox will not get swept this weekend. I'll say that the White Sox will not get swept this weekend. I guarantee okay. you that they'll take at least one game in this series. Tonight's a golden opportunity as well. You know, Lucas Giolito would be on the mound. Yeah, and I believe I saw this the other day, and I, every time I see something about Dylan Cease, I just think to myself, <laughs> Sid, 
What did I tell you? I knew that Dylan Cease was going to be the, the player to watch this year for the White Sox. And I believe, did they Instagram it? I'm pulling it up so I can, yes. Okay. Or no, that's not the picture. Oh, <laughs> well, hold on a second. It was either the White Sox or the stadium that posted something about uh, Dylan Cease. Oh, gosh. Well, I'll figure it out later. But there, I think, actually, no. He has like 10 games he's had like 10 wins something mm -hmm. like that now yeah and 10 and 0 against detroit in his career detroit, yeah yes. yeah so i mean that's that's amazing in itself for him and i expect that to keep on going he's he's really turned it around since he was out with the cubs a couple of years ago mm -hmm. maybe yeah. he just need to get, get out of wrigleyville that's that's what always happens you just got to get out of wrigleyville <laughs> a shot at the Cubs. We love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they're not worth talking about. So, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Just brutal, brutal, brutal. Maybe we make it till later. We talk to our buddy uh, Joe Mandel, but in a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, we'll see what happens with the White Sox. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that they can at least win two out of three against Houston, and maybe they can kind of get back on track. But look, I know the Twins had their struggles this week, and you know, the, you know, the Guardians are still right there, folks. I know people want to skip over Cleveland, but they've won four in a row, too, so yeah, it, it's going to be tough, but yeah, look, I'm sure they, they can do it, and look, they're, they, they just got to get healthy. I think that's the one thing. I know Tim Anderson should be on his way back soon Good. and such, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, you right. to go, go ahead, resets it. Okay, you're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago with our buddy Christine Manick from, from KXRB. Lakina, you had another subject you wanted to bring up first? Yeah, I wanted to get her thoughts on the U.S. Open oh, that's yeah. playing right now in Brookline, just outside of Boston. Uh, Colm Taron uh, from uh, from England, he actually is the your, your clubhouse. Well, no, he's in under fifth hole at minus five. Then you got guys like Scotty Scheffler who had a really nice round today. Of course, he already has the has the Masters championship. You've got Rory McIlroy, two shots behind. He just started his round. Then you've got um, you know John Rom, who's a defending champion, among others up there. Where do you see the U.S. Open this year? This is actually. This might be a pretty wide open U.S. Open. So what do you what say you? You know, I'm I'm just looking at the leaderboard right now, and I think this is a good chance for new, not very well known players to have their time to shine here for a little bit. Rory is having a another great tournament, whether he wins it or not. He's just been having a a great couple of weeks. Um, and then you got guys like Scotty Scheffler again. He he didn't really have the best week for the. Canada Open. So mm -hmm. now I think he's using that momentum to push him through the U.S. Open. And then you got, I don't know if you guys saw this, but we all know the, the controversy surrounding mm -hmm. Phil Nicholson. Yeah. It was his mm -hmm. birthday yesterday, ironically. Mm -hmm. And I guess, I can't confirm this, but from everything that I've seen, during his walk up to the first tee box, the U.S. Open played the song, Here Comes the Money. Yes, yes, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Oh, Lord. I am just like, well, they're not wrong. Like, they're they're throwing a little shade at it. But then, you know, there's, there's one guy that I know um, who's in the U.S. Open. He's not doing great. I'm not going to deny that. He was holding on really strong yesterday, but you know, it's a great experience for him. I know that it's his first time in the U S open and just to be out there with all these great, 
players. It's it's just surreal in itself. So yeah, like I said, it's a great opportunity to get new names out there in the golf world and just, you know, opportunities to see who's really fallen off, I guess, like like Phil Mickelson. Yeah, you usually see the US Open is usually like a time where you see a lot of these, you know, kind of lesser known guys, you know, come out of you know nowhere and they've yeah. already seen it before mm-hmm. a lot multiple times. So you know, it should be a great tournament. Uh, should be a lot of fun in Brook, you know, in Brooklyn. Your coverage will be on both Golf Channel and on NBC. So yeah, so make sure you guys check that out. You know, Father's Day weekend, a tradition. So make sure you guys check that with your dads, your uncles, yeah. or grandpas, and, and etc. <laughs> a tradition like no other. Yeah. <laughs> a second tradition like no other. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, second, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get to our main topic, you guys. Of course, Jeff Agress. He's the deputy sports editor over at the Chicago Sun-Times. He's also the sports media com- columnist. Say that five times fast. He put <laughs> out a column yesterday regarding the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Chicago White Sox. White Sox of course, all three of those teams are in the uh, under exclusive deals with ABC Sports Chicago, their contract expires in October 2024. Go read the article if you're interested. We will not do that here because we want you guys to do some work yourself. But reading that article yesterday, uh, he Jeff was talking about how what the Cubs have done with with the going to marquee and creating their own network. Uh, he suggested that the that the Bulls, Blackhawks, and White Sox should do the same thing. Maybe the the Bulls and the Sox can have their own network, and the Hawks be uh, have their own network or go to marquee and join with the Cubs. Uh, it, things are changing, as we say, Lakina. People want and eat options about how we view our sports. It's not just through linear cable or broadcast TV anymore. A lot of people, including us three here, some way, shape, or form, are uh, streaming games. You watch one game. On your main TV, you stream your game on the computer and things along mm-hmm. that line. Of course, Nesson, the New England Sports Network, they're the exclusive home of the hockey team, the Boston Bruins, and of course the baseball team, the Boston Red Sox. And they uh, debuted last month with the uh, exclusive streaming service called Nesson 360. You can subscribe to their service without having linear cable. I want to get your th- guys' thoughts about this. Do you think that uh, NBC Sports Chicago will be in trouble in a couple of years uh, when their contract is up with those three teams? Christine, I'll start with you. You know, it only begs the question for me, how much streaming can we all take? I mean, everything right now is streaming on something. And there's only so much streaming that you can control. Like I was talking, I was talking with a bunch of coworkers the other day. And one of them said, gosh, I just don't want to have another streaming service. I already have Hulu, Amazon, you know, all, all these Netflix, like they yeah. can't keep up with all their passwords and usernames. So <laughs> are people going to get, you know, a little bit of streaming fatigue? So b- before, you know, three years is, is down the road. So can it hurt them? Yes. But are people going to get sick and tired of all these streaming service? Could be too. That could be eventually a, a thing, streaming fatigue. So I guess it all kind of depends on what the need is for the fans. Yeah, I gotta agree. We know NBC Universal. We know that they'll they'll be more than happy to sell <laughs> these sure. regional networks. They've already sold like some of them anyway. So, mm-hmm. and they kind of give them con- in some cases they kind of give them control to some other independent, you know, uh, you know, media organizations. So, but in this case, I, I'm wondering like, if, what's the fallout? It should you know both the you know the White Sox, the Blackhawks, and and the Bulls you know leave because 
that you know it's sort of like what else are they going to show so should they all go to you know, the streaming service like you said christine i think we're kind of seeing it now where i think yeah. people are kind of getting sick of you know oh, oh mm -hmm. well, i gotta do another streaming you know platform i gotta remember mm -hmm. another password another username it's just it could be a pain in the butt yeah, so. it's too much yeah it could be a pain in the butt so I'm sure they're going to do their due diligence. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're going to look for a buyer first, and then they say, "Okay, you know what? Probably one of the things that's keeping us afloat is the game coverage." And you know, they probably they show some college football and college hoops and such, you know, in between mm -hmm. during those seasons, in between those seasons when they overlap. But you know, you're kind of in one, of, you're kind of in that that realm of, mm, you know what? Yeah, I mean, so I'm sure the, it's a long way from down the road. They don't have to think about that right now. I'm sure they're going to. You know, maybe think, okay, what would be best for them and their business model? So we'll just have to wait and see. Still a lot to, to be determined. Yeah, just a couple other things here quickly. You know, those Fox Sports regional networks, they were sold to uh, Sinclair a couple years ago. Now they're Bally Sports, and they're Bally talking Sports. about uh, uh, doing a, a subscription service about $20, $25 a month. And I saw that uh, may maybe some of these uh, teams are going to do the same thing. I think we talked about this before, Lakina, a few months ago, mm -hmm. where um, the, the Cubs and Marquis were thinking about uh, doing this for the for, for the Cubs exclusively. Do you want to pay $20 a month to watch the Cubs? And mm -hmm. and we had um, we had um, Jerry Willis from CH CHGL yep. Chicago. Uh, he covers the Cubs and the Sox and MLB abroad for that great podcast network. And he said that we're going through, uh, along with Major League Baseball in general, they're going through the early stages of how they're going to handle this uh, the streaming service. Uh, I think it, in, in due time, it, it, it may not be the main option. It may be, but like you said, we said in the early stages, but you're going to get these teams that are going to charge at least $20 to $30 a month for a subscription service. That's just as much as a one single ticket for for season ticket packages to attend the games live. And mm -hmm. uh, there's some kinks to be worked out here. But uh, like you said, we're in the early stages now. As far as the streaming service is concerned, of course, I have linear cable with Xfinity. But if you have YouTube TV or Hulu or Fubu or whatever that name of that company <laughs> is. <laughs> it's not Fubu. Y'all you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, people. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Evo but, TV. you know, all those networks don't have all the channels that we want. And so you had to, like Christine said, you got to get the service to get that channel, but I got to yeah. get the service to get all the other channels. I think for many people, and I'll be one of them, that I don't need that many channels personally. Just give me my basic uh, network channels and my sports channels, and I'm good. But if all the, uh, if one service that doesn't have them, I'm not going to go with that service. I'm not going to go to three, five different streaming services just to get all the channels that I need. That, that, that just doesn't make any sense. Of course, yeah. these companies don't care. All in, all this is about money at the end of the day. That That's all it really is. And you know, like I said, it's going to be very interesting. Like, you, like we've been saying, it's a couple of years down the road. So they've got a lot to figure out. But I think it's something to kind of you know, look out for in case they do you know, kind of go somewhere else and start their own network mm -hmm. or start their own streaming service. You know, it's the money. The money is there. I guess they feel it should be had. It's all. It's all a monopoly at this point. It's crazy now. Other sort of like a big me news that came out yesterday involving you know, our buddies over at Six Seventy the Score. We have a new uh, team and a new uh, midday lineup. Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes have merged. Well, well, yeah, like they kind of merged, and now um, <laughs> Molly and Hall. Well, yeah, that's kind of what they're they're doing here. And yeah. Molly and Hall has been extended to another hour. So Dan Bernstein and Lawrence Holmes will be, you know, kind of like, you know, collaborating and, you know, combining their shows. It'll be a 10 to 2 uh, slot for on 6-7 to score starting Monday. And 
and I and I say this because we talked about it yesterday, you guys, and when this news came up. And look, six seventy score they need something because the Cubs are not very good right now. So they need kind of something to kind of you know sort of like be right there and sort of stay ahead of of um, the ESPN one thousand. And I think look, I've said it before. And I said I think I may have told you this. I think I always thought that Lawrence Holmes probably should have gotten that slot with Dan mm-hmm. Bernstein when Terry Boers uh, retired. So. Now it's finally happening. And look, don't worry, guys. Our girl, Layla Rahimi, of course, who does work also at NBC's uh, 5 Chicago. She's the main sports anchor reporter there. She'll still be doing her Wednesday. In front uh, of the show. Visit. Yeah, in front of the show, too. Yeah, we got to get her back on soon. She'll still be doing the show every week on Wednesday, so don't worry about that. But, uh, yeah, so this is actually a pretty cool thing that they're doing. And, uh, yeah, I think they need – and also they need something to sell, too, because – you know, of course, you know, ESPN 1000, and also WCHI, which is a Roth station. They're they're competing with WBBM, 780 News Radio, and also to, uh, mm-hmm. I think, one of the other uh, FM channels for the Bears, for the Bears coverage, for the Bears game coverage. So they need something to kind of, you know, sell to the people that, hey, we're going to have be all local and such. So what do you think about this news? I think it's a great opportunity for Lawrence because, you know, he was only on for two hours from noon until two. Now this is a chance for him to expand his platform and to work with Dan Bernstein, who he's worked with for, I think they said 15, 20 years, something like mm-hmm. that. And now yeah. they're actually going to work together on a show. I think it's going to be good. They they seem to have a lot of fun camaraderie whenever they, they switch over, when they do that fun transition at the end of Dan's show and then to bring on Lawrence mm-hmm. for a little bit. So I think that's a good taste of what we can expect to see. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be, interesting to see i thought that maybe they would have gone with another female again but this this is a this is a great move to keep it in house and to give lawrence this opportunity yeah the score is going to win against espn 1000 during the middays and this move just solidifies that of course let's be real here they couldn't find another partner for dan bernstein so it was a a, (laughs) a no-win situation to partner with lawrence so i'm with you christine i kind of miss his nice show i know he'll never get it back because of the cubs and of course during the winter with the chicago bulls but lawrence holmes you they'll actually take some phone calls and he'll actually do some things it's got someone said it on twitter yesterday which one of them are going to try to get in the first word first because you know both (laughs) both of them love to talk and have a strong opinion so uh that's going to be a fun interaction but Going to ESPN 1000 at the same time from 10 to noon on tape delay. They have Greeny. Uh, his show goes from 9 to 11 Chicago time, but it's 10 to noon here in Chicago on ESPN 1000. And, of course, you have Carmen and Yurko at noon. Uh, I know ESPN 1000 will be part of the blame for this, but they got to go through Bristol to get more local yeah. programming on that station. But it just seems to me that ESPN – or radio really won the. Uh, I know they brought respectability using air quotes here for Carmen and Yurko from Toyota to 2 before that big show, Wilder and Sylvie, but they're really putting it on midday, middays here. And I don't think it's a, a, a hole they can really climb out of. Yeah. 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 Well, and like you said, sort of the, the bureaucracy, of course, you know, it's owned by good karma brands now. It's been that way for the last, I think, like four or five years. It's still kind of, they still got to go through, you know, you know, the, the ESPN channels, even though it kind of mm-hmm. seems like they're kind of, you know, getting out of the radio business, you know, with selling some of their various stations, they still got a little bit of that, you know, corporate, you know, sort yeah. of lockdown of that. So, yeah, I know, I know, I know they're trying to go for the, trying to, you know, compete against, uh, no, no shade to WCHI, you know, the rock station. I actually listen to that rock station. They, got, they actually had a really good lineup, but it's, it's probably going to be between them and WBBM, you know, News Radio 780 for the Bears coverage. I think WBBM will get, you know, retain the rights for the Bears coverage because I think they just have a better sort of, you know, formatic, you know, part of that. So we'll see. 
And I'll see, we'll see about this, this new show. I think they're going to, like I said, they need something to sell. You know, I think they, mm -hmm. like you said, Christine, it's going to be like interesting who's going to talk for first yeah, yeah. or, or they're going to take turns. So that'll be interesting. They're, they're, just both, they're both very, very strong men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can definitely say that. <laughs> All right, so you got anything else? Uh, let's see. And um, we'll we'll dive deep into this Lakina later on in the show. But I want to get Christine's uh, quick thoughts on the game one of the 2022 Stanley Cup final between Colorado and Tampa Bay. Of course, uh, it was a hot first period. Things settled down. Tampa Bay tied it up late in the third. Colorado won it in overtime. Yeah, it was a great first period. You know, I think it just shows that um, this is going to be a good series. Again, how is Tampa making it in hockey? I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> but it shows that these two teams are really competitive against each other. And I think we can see a lot of things with them going forward in this in this final series. Yeah, I hope. I know. I saw the Reigns actually did pretty well you know, Wednesday. So it's going to be – it should be a, a fun series. I have the Avs winning in seven. We told our buddy Chris – I told our buddy Chris Voss. I hope we can get him on the show soon. Black Costio, play-by-play guy, uh, TV guy. And, uh, yeah, I think they're gonna, it's going to go seven because I think, you know, the Lightning got too much – there's too much experience there. So we'll delve yeah. more into it later on. But, yeah, I really think this is going to go seven. But they, I think because they were – you know, Lightning were able to come back and tie in and – you know, they, they literally like a 90 seconds into, into overtime, <laughs> they get the, the game with a goal <laughs> they have to. So it's just crazy. <laughs> and you know, I have Tampa and seven. So Tampa needs, needs to win it tomorrow night. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Tampa, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. This has been so much fun, Christine, uh, as always. Uh, where can people find you on social media? What are you up to? I know you say you got a busy couple, busy next few weeks. Gosh, you know, after this, I'm, I'm heading off to the golf course. Um, it's the start of the Dakota tour out here. So Chris is out there. He's playing in. And then I got my, my best friend. Good luck Miranda. to him. Yes, yeah, good thank luck. you. Thank you. Um, I have my best friend flying in tomorrow. My mom just left uh, yesterday, and I'm going to see her again in a few weeks. Um, mama! Then, yes, mama, mama. And then, <laughs> oh, gosh, soccer, we're, everything. I'm just, I'm busy for the next two weeks. <laughs> well, I'm sure you wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have any, any other way for you. We, we, we're so glad that things, big things are happening for you, Christine. Yeah, thank you. And look, you know, we love you and uh, you stay safe and uh, where people can find where people can find you on social media. Yeah, they can just follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore KXRB. All right, Christine, thank you as much, uh, very much as always for joining us here today. We'll chat again in a couple of weeks. All right. Sounds good, guys. All right. Stay safe, hon. All right. Bye bye. All right. Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead on Second City Sports on the Friday edition, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. We'll have our, our guy to talk White Sox from South Burb Hitman Podcast, part of the Barroom Network. Mr. Joel Mandel will join us to give us a take about the White Sox and preview that big series this weekend against the Astros, and we'll get his take on the rest of the world of Major League Baseball. Of course, we'll be get back to Stanley Cup uh, finals uh, reaction from game one and a whole lot more. I'm Sid Desilakina. You listen to the Friday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Old Chicago.
Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in a living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown here. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina McGee on the IG. We have less than 60 minutes left of this extravagance we call a sports talk radio show. You have a, any questions or comments of any of our topics for today's show, especially for our next guest coming up, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, we always have our favorite people talking of uh, various teams and various subjects in the world of sports, but what we try to do here on our show on Sports on Chicago is bring in new people with uh, fresh new ideas and fresh new opinions. Mm -hmm. And today, to talk White Sox, we'll, ha we'll have uh, South Burb Hitman uh, co-host of their podcast, Power of the Bar Room Network. He is Mr. Joe Mandel. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Mandel. That's J-O-E-M-A-N-D-E-L. Let's bring him in, Lakina. Here comes Yay! Mr. Joe Mandel. Hi. Joe, yeah. how's it going, my man? Hey, doing great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, before we get started, I wanted to congratulate you guys. You had on our guy from uh, NBC Sports Chicago's um, Under Center podcast. That's the Chicago Bears podcast. And mm -hmm. our teammate at War Media, Mr. Ken, Kenneth Davis. That was a great interview you guys did with him. Yeah, of course, you. worked with him for a long time. You know, when he gets going, you cannot stop him. You just got to let him go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> for sure. Ken Kenneth is a great interview. Great guy. And uh Loves loves the White Sox uh, amongst yes. football as oh, well yeah. as football. Yes, yes, he <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he does. He absolutely yeah. does. And uh, Joe, it's great to have you on. Actually, we got a couple of our buddies. You are now part of the bar uh, bar room uh, family too. So, you know, our buddy Evan Mack, you host a a week uh, a bi weekly podcast with his buddy Ross. We know both those. We know yes. we both we, we know Evan. I know and I know both him and uh, Ross. They're doing a great job. So mm -hmm. make sure you know you know give them a shout out for us too, for uh, sure. Joe. So uh, let's get right to it to talk some White Sox. I mean, we talked about it, you know, right before you came on with us. And, you know, look, okay, they swept Detroit. Okay, bravo, bravo, yay. You, you, you swept Detroit. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. You're playing, <laughs> like, you're playing the Astros this weekend. Uh, where do you see it? Can, can they kind of right the ship with this series? Because uh, they got mm, – okay, I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you go ahead and answer that. <laughs> yeah, so I think they can uh, – it's a big measuring stick series for this White Sox team, right? So, sure, you should be sweeping the Detroit Tigers. They're they're not great. Um, they're the, the but the good thing is we got the offense kind of figured out a little bit during that mm -hmm. series, scoring eight nine runs a game. Uh, some games we had more, thirteen runs. Yoan Moncada as behind Sydney uh, turned things on big time with five hits the other day. Uh, the whole offense is kind of firing on all cylinders. You got AJ Pollock who's raking right now. Luis Robert, Mancata's on fire. Uh, Tim Anderson's doing a minor league stint right now with AAA, getting back from his injury. He's hitting 400, I think, down there. Uh, everything's coming together for this team. Uh, Jake Berger, his, they, we got lucky with that hand bruise. It's, he didn't break any bones mm -hmm. in that hand, thank mm -hmm. goodness. Michael Kopech dodged major injury, it, it, it seems. Um, so I think this is a big measuring stick series. Um if this offense can, can continue to score the runs that we know they can against this Houston team, I think that the Detroit series can kind of be that series that kind of turn the tide for this team. 
and keep things chugging down in Houston. Uh, they do well on a national stage. The White Sox are undefeated on Apple TV Friday Night mm-hmm. Baseball, so hopefully they continue <laughs> that tonight. Uh, I, and I'm I think the Ast- they can. Yeah, I think the Astros are sending Farmer, uh, the, their left-hander tonight, too. We know the White Sox yeah. are usually good against left-handers, so you have Giolito on the mound, too. So uh, the odds are pretty uh, pretty good for the White Sox tonight. But, Joe, let's continue uh, with that Detroit series. Of course, Lance Lynn pitched four and two-thirds the other day, giving up 10 hits, but some people thought that he was going to pitch close to a gym, give you six or seven innings. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of uh, stepping uh, myself away from the fandom, just looking at it as a talking head slash analyst. Uh, this is kind of what you expected because remember, this is his first start of the season. He's been rehabbing for the past two months, and people thought he was just going to dominate like Nolan Ryan. You're crazy. But uh, what did you think about that quote-unquote argument between him and Joe McEwen? That passion of his is what's so much desperately needed around that locker room right now. Yeah, I think I think it's exactly what we need. To be honest with you, uh, th- this team needs that fire in the dugout. Um, and and from from what I'm hearing, uh, Lance was getting in McEwing's face a little bit about a, a shift that led to a hit uh, in the infield that day. So you know, I think Lance brings that fire. He brings that leadership. That kind of this team was. I don't want to say they're lacking leadership, but they're lacking that fire. And uh, you know, Lance does it, man. He he brings it and in. in He's injecting that kind of competitive fire into this team, and having him in that dugout alone is just enough to to bring that out. And yeah, he didn't have the greatest performance, but he pulled it together for all the hits that he gave up. He didn't he didn't really give up as many runs as he should have, given the amount of hits he gave up. Uh, Lance didn't have the greatest rehab stints in AAA. Um, just kind of shake the rust off a little bit. And if you're going to do it, you might as well do it against the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> True, right? I mean, how great has Jake Berger been? They've kind of, He's kind of helped keep this team afloat with some of his you know, clutch hitting and whatnot. You know, can he sustain it for the rest of the season? Yeah, Jake Berger's been fantastic. I mean, he's been kind of lightning in a bottle for this White Sox team. And, you know, with Tim Anderson coming back and, and the emergence of uh, Danny Mendick, I think you're going to see a lot of Jake Berger at DH. And I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Berger, I think he can keep it up. You know, this is a guy that has gone through so much. Uh, we had his, his, well, girlfriend, now fiance, Ashlyn Carmella on our show a couple weeks ago. And she talked about his perseverance. I mean, those, those injuries, the Achilles injuries bouncing back, not only tearing it once, tearing it twice mm-hmm. and finally getting that opportunity uh, it's just, I think he's a guy that's going to stick around. I think you can see his patience at the plate. I mean, he did have a, a lot of strikeouts that week where he was raking, but if you're still hitting all those RBI, you're still getting that hit, those hits, you're hitting for average. I don't mind the strikeouts as much, especially for a power hitter like Jake. So I, I think he's going to keep it up. And uh, they, they had some exciting news. They announced the other day that one, they were recently engaged, him and his fiance Ashlyn and they have a baby boy on the way so you got a little slider on the way to come for Jake Berger so um, some of those baby burgers so uh, it's exciting times for Jake Berger and Ashlyn and we're just excited to see him continue uh, to rake and uh, I'll do a little plug we're having Jake Berger on the show July 18th 
All right, that's good stuff. We'll definitely be tuning in to that episode. We're talking White Sox and MLB with South Burbs, Hitman co-host, podcaster, uh, Joe Mando, right here on Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in the Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Let's bring up the elephant in the room, Joe. We're about 10 minutes into the interview, Tony La Russa. Uh, We know what happened in that Dodger series, of course. I was at the game uh, last Saturday with the fire Tony Chan against Texas, and things got pretty ugly, but... But ever since the end of that Texas series, you know, they lost those two games. And, of course, through the Detroit series, it looks like he, even though the Sox have been dealing with injuries basically all year long, it seems to me that he's putting out a consistent lineup. Uh, this isn't early April anymore. Putting Larry, not Larry, Garcia out there as a leadoff hitter or put him as a third mm-hmm. man and having Yasmani Grandal, Ben, uh, it's just all that foolishness you really made my skin crawl now one of the few people on Sox Twitter that try to keep a level head uh, when talking about Tony La Russa you know social media you take things as a grain of salt people are extreme you go one way or the other but it seems to me that Tony La Russa after that Texas series has finally gotten the message where it it came down from management whoever that uh, it's time for you to start winning some ball games and stop quote-unquote experimenting what are your thoughts about Mr. La Russa yeah so Tony Tony had a pretty brutal stretch there for two weeks I mean his his management of the bullpen's been all over the place, but come to find out that they have all these injuries that nobody knew about, which I think that falls on Rick Hahn and management too. Like Liam Hendricks, nobody knew he was injured. Um, Aaron mm-hmm. Bummer, nobody knew he was injured. So you're keeping these guys with empty roster spots. That That's on Rick Hahn as well. So um, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Tony's bullpen management wasn't good, but most of all, it's been his lineups. He had some brutal, brutal lineups. And we've been talking about it on South Burb Sitman on the Barroom Network. There's been no consistency with his lineups. The guys can't get in the rhythm. But look, lo and behold, this Detroit series and the end of that Texas series, you keep a similar lineup going for mm-hmm. almost a week straight. And what happens? Oh, we're scoring eight, nine runs a game. Look at that, Tony. So I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I, I, I think you're right. I think the, me- the message came from upper management, whether it's from – you know, good old, <laughs> good old leadership up there. It could be anybody. Mm-hmm. It could be Rick Hahn. You know, it could be Jerry Reinsdorf. But I think, I think the consistency in the lineup is a thing you're going to continue to see. Obviously, the Jake Berger, Jake Berger hand injury uh, didn't help things, but it's just a bruise, thank goodness. And I think you're going to see a lot of uh, a similar looking lineup all weekend in Houston. I'm sure that lineup card will probably be dropping here pretty soon. So. Uh, I think now that we have consistency, I think you're going to see Tony kind of getting a bit of a groove. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of what Tony's done this year. I think he's kind of looking like an old manager in a new man's game. But let's be honest, Jerry Reinsdorf is not going to fire Tony La Russa. Mm-hmm. Rick Hahn didn't make the hire. But I do think next year you're going to see Rick Hahn, if Tony doesn't come back, which I don't think he will, I think you're going to see Rick Hahn make a hire and, and choose a manager. And I think that's going to make a world's a difference. But um Right now, we're kind of stuck in Tony's zone, and as long as he can get things figured out with the lineup and get that consistency, I think you're going to see this team uh, get the hits that they're supposed to. But you know, I think it's uh, Houston's a big measuring stick for us, and I'm looking forward to the series. Should be interesting. And uh, looking at the signings, uh, Joe from AJ Pollock's been real, very you know, has been very good, and he's producing. Josh Harrison, not so much. Not quite. Uh, not quite. Uh, Joe Kelly, you know, well, he's going to be, hopefully we'll see him uh, back during the series against the Astros. Uh, Dallas Keuchel's gone, you know, bye-bye. He's been DFA'd. Um, you know, 
okay, assuming that you know they do well against the Astros, what do you think the Sox need to try to sort of maybe try to make a run at the Central? Yeah, I mean, I think I think getting that consistency in the lineup is is number one, and I think to make a run at the Central, I really you you nailed it on the head, Lakina. I think you really have to get a second baseman mm-hmm. uh, at the trade deadline. I, I really do because, I, you, well, uh, Danny Mendick has been playing great. I don't know if we can depend on that shooting him into second base, but I think Mendick has been a shot in the arm, and I think is he's hot. So is the team. You see a lot of people talking on social media, and I'm I'm one of them that's kind of in the group. Is I think you got to give the Miami Marlins a call and talk about Jazz Chisholm. Uh, he is one of the most electric players in baseball. Yes, is it going to take a haul to get him? Probably. Um, I think you got to at least have the conversation. <laughs> uh, I also think you could use a starting pitcher, uh, whether it's a uh, you know someone like a Kyle Hendricks from the Cubs. Or, you know, I think there's a couple lower end arms out there that could be available uh, for cheap. And I think that's what this team needs, a second baseman and a starting pitcher. And then I think they can really compete in this division with all the struggles we've had. I think we're only two games out of a wild card spot. I think that's where we're at right now, I believe. If I look mm-hmm. at the numbers, I'd have to pull up the standings. But the, with with as bad of a start as it's been, if these guys turned it on and we could easily still pull off the division, we have the easiest schedule the rest of the way that we had a really tough June. And I think you're kind of seeing this white Sox team struggle because of it, but we've played the, uh, the Yankees with the blue, the blue Jays. We have the Astros, the Rays. It's been a heck of a month. July looking a little easier for the white Sox. I believe by the end of July, this white Sox team is going to be in first place in the central. Speaking of the White Sox, Joe, let's continue to focus on one of their core players, and that's Luis Robert, of course, uh, watching um, the NBC Sports coverage over the past few days. Steve Stone, uh, I thought, uh, put it handily about the way that Luis Robert is uh, approaching the plate. Uh, uh, he came into the league a couple of years ago, you know, it's a short 60 uh, game COVID season. Uh, he saw the ball well because no one knew anything about him. But it seems to me that, like I said, Stony Point is on the broadcast the last few games that he's not waiting for his pitch. I understand the method of jumping in on the first pitch, but what the opposing pitchers are doing to him is they're throwing cookie cutters and he's just swinging and missing at them badly instead of being patient and waiting for his pitch because most of the time when he gets his pitch, i.e. the slider that breaks down the middle he knocks it out every time he's not doing that right now yeah i and we talked about this a little bit on the show this week luis robert to me is swinging at every single pitch in the dirt he's got no Mm -hmm. plate he's got no patience at the plate who does what to me that that it's bad coaching this guy needs someone that can sit here and tell him what he needs to do at the plate if you, if you guys watched him while he was developing, while he was coming up in Cuba, this has been known about Luis Robert. He chases mm-hmm. pitches in the dirt. Nothing has changed since he's entered the major leagues about that. He had a little bit of patience last year, but he doesn't have it this year. The league knows it. They're throwing him pitches in the dirt, and he's going after him. He had some at-bats the other day. I can't remember which reliever it was, but the guy didn't throw a slider the entire at-bat. And then he throws one and Luis goes after it in the dirt and strikes out. Mm-hmm. Luis Robert needs to develop some plate, plate patience. Um, he needs some coaching. That's going to do it. He doesn't have it right now. Frank Menachino clearly isn't getting through to him. This is a guy that could be a five tool player. He could be an MVP candidate in this league. He needs to work on his plate patience and he needs to work on his arm in the outfield. Uh, both of them have been pretty brutal at this point. 
And because of that, uh, Luis is not in the MVP conversation for me. What about Jose Abreu? Do you think he can kind of get back into that conversation? He's been heating up lately. Yeah, I mean, Luis, I'm sorry, Luis, Jose has really turned things on. And let's be honest, I mean, Jose, Jose Abreu always does. I mean, he either gets off to a slow start and picks it back up, or he gets hot, cools down, and then gets hot again. Jose Abreu is an MVP candidate. Uh, this could be his last year with the team. I mean, I hate to think of it that way, but you have a guy like Andrew Vaughn in the wings, and I think Jose Abreu is like, okay, well, I got to prove myself, one, if I want to stay here, and two, if this team wants to make the playoffs. So Jose is kind of kicking things in high gear alongside A.J. Pollock and uh, Luis Roberts getting a little warmer now. But uh, to, to answer your question, Jose Abreu is going to be an MVP candidate as long as he continues his streak of of just uh, kind of swinging at the balls. Because one thing I've seen out of Jose all year long is he's had some bad swings to start the year. I felt like he, was, he wasn't hitting the fastball like he has been the rest of his career. Uh, he's correcting that here in the month of June, and I don't think it's a surprise given that it's starting to warm up out. Jose likes to get warm when it gets warm, and we got some warm months ahead. We July and June ahead of us, so and even August. So I think Jose is going to stay hot, and I think he's going to be in that conversation for MVP. Joe Mendo, co-host of the South Burbs Hitman Podcast, part of the Barnroom Network, as the White Sox Podcast. He's joining us right here on Second City Sports Live in Living Color, the Friday edition. Sid Lakin here with you right here on Sports on Chicago. Joe. Uh, Johan Makata, of course, you guys watching on the YouTube, I have his picture behind me. Of course, he came back from injury uh, early last yeah. month. Uh, he still has it on the defensive end, but he's been struggling uh, with various injuries, uh, of course, other issues uh, possibly uh, off the field. But uh, that three-run home run on Wednesday, I thought it was huge for him, just not just for the team, but for his confidence. Do you think he, he can carry that on for at least for the next, not just for this series this weekend get at Houston, but at least for the next few weeks, as you mentioned, the weather's, weather's warming up and, and some of the opponents are starting to get lighter in terms of their records. Do you think this will be his starting point finally? Yeah, I do. Uh, and I think the problem with Yoan is that he's been playing injured all year long. Um, he's finally getting healthy. You can see he's comfortable at the plate. Um, you could tell with some of those swings a couple weeks ago, a couple like er, last month, that he's not, he was in pain. And this is a guy that's playing through injury. That's asking a lot of them. That's why you weren't seeing that many at bats. But I think he's getting healthy and I think he's got that comfort level. And a five hit game is really something to kind of get you, get you feeling good, especially going into this series against the Astros. Uh, it's nice you get his glove at third base because he is an elite defensive third baseman. Nothing's going to change my mind on that. And, uh, you know, for all the people that were saying, oh, I'll put Jake Berger at third. Love Jake Berger. Don't, don't 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 necessarily love him defensively at third. Um, you could spell Yoan a couple days here and there. It's fine, but using Jake at DH is the way to go. And Yoan's so good defensively. Getting that bat from him is huge, and uh, I, I think it's the beginning of good things for Yoan Mankata. People that are calling him, you know, calling him uh, kind of weak in that he's like soft. Yoan Mankata leads, the, I think he's second on the team in, in games played uh, since he came in to the league. So uh, Yoan Mankata is not soft. He plays through injury, and I think he's going to be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about baseball as a whole, Joe. Sure. Uh, what, te what team or player has surprised you, and what team or player has disappointed you so far this season? Well, I, Aaron Judge continues to wow me as a player um, on the New York Yankees. That team is just 
ridiculous to start the year. I don't know if they can possibly keep it up, but Aaron Judge going into free agency, uh, this is a guy that clearly is playing for a monster contract, and uh, he's a great teammate, and he's a guy that I had high expectations for him going into the year, but the guy just gets it done, Um, and he continues to impress me day after day to the point where I would love to see Rick Hahn go after him in the offseason. I think you do what you got to do to get him on this team in, in, in any way, shape, or form. But uh, it might command a little bit more money than Jerry is willing to spend. But he has been such a huge surprise. They're broke me. according to them, which is a lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're broke. Uh, in one of the biggest markets in the country. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I do think that Aaron Judge has uh, been a huge surprise for me. I mean, I know he's a good player, but he, you know, he's been great. So I love Aaron Judge. I've been really, and I, I know this, this sounds horrible. I, I've been really disappointed with Yasmani Grandal to start the year. I think a lot of White Sox fans have. We, we had high expectations, but I think you're seeing with him going on the IL, and he was just getting warm before that. Mm-hmm. I think you're seeing that he was he was injured. Those back spasms are really bothering him. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big factor in it. Um. I think I think that's part of the reason they made that deal for Reese McGuire is that they knew that yeah that Yaz was kind of a little beat up, but I think everyone was expecting more from him, and I know I was um, across yeah. the league. Um, some the, the Cubs have been really disappointing as a whole. I don't necessarily want to pick on them because I'm a, I host a White Sox show, but I think a lot of people thought that they might even they might slightly compete in that division, and to say they have the same record as the Cincinnati Reds, who are arguably one of the worst teams in the history of the league. I'd go as far to say that. Uh, it's pretty bad for the Cubs right now. Uh, I don't want to necessarily pick on anyone specifically on the Cubs, but uh, if I had to pick a name, I think Kyle Hendricks has been a little underwhelming for what people were expecting. But that's good thing. That's good news for uh, the rest of the league because he's probably going to be on the trade market and he gets a change of scenery. Uh, Kyle Hendricks could also be a guy that could really benefit from that and be a trade chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking with yeah, sticking with the National League, Joe. Of course, you had the Los Angeles Dodgers. They lost their ace and Walker Bueller for up to two months, and they had yep. bone chips removed from his elbow the other day. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves. I think they have won the last fourteen games in a row. Of course, mm-hmm. you had the New York Mets. They're going through their little injury issues, but they're still atop the NL East. As of right now, who do you? I, I know this is an obvious answer, or maybe not, but I ask it anyway. Who do you believe is the best team in, in the National League right now? Or do you expect that team to stay there for the rest of the year, whoever your answer is? Yeah, you know, I, I do think it's the Dodgers. I do think they're the best team in the National League right now. And I do think they're going to stay there because they have the offensive power to keep keep it going. Uh, Trey Turner and Freddie Freeman have been just a deadly, deadly combo down there. Uh, I knew the Freddie Freeman signing was going to be huge for them, but, you know, I, I, I didn't know how much it was going to help be – I mean, Freddie's kind of the straw that stirs the drink in that lineup. I mean, Trey Turner is arguably the best leadoff man in baseball. I mean, he continues to just get it done day after day. Freddie, I mean, they're so dangerous across the board. I I just have a hard time finding anyone that's going to beat them in the National League. Um, So I think it's the Dodgers by far in the National League right now. I mean, the Mets Mets are close. I just don't think they're quite there yet. Mm. All right, last moment of two with Joe Mandel of the Southside Burbs Hitman Podcast on the Barber Network here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Uh, 
okay, Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know you said yeah. you're on record saying that, you know, by the all-star break, the White Sox will be atop the AL Central. Will they win it? Yeah, I do think they are going to win the AL Central. Uh, I don't think the Twins are nearly as good as advertised. Um, everyone, I, I don't know if you guys have seen, there's been so many power rankings that have come out this week, and the Twins across the board are like in the top 10 by a lot of different outlets, whether it's mm-hmm. ESPN or Yahoo across the board. I just, I just don't see it. Um, I just can't see them keeping up what they're doing. Their pitching's not that good. Their offense isn't that good. And I'm sure everyone's saying the same thing about the White Sox, but for everything that this White Sox team has been through injury wise, they're, they're finally starting to have things go their way. I just don't see any way that they don't win this division. Cleveland's not that good. Kansas City's horrible. I really think it's the Sox turn to kind of turn it on, and I think people are going to be surprised. I think the Sox team is going to come close to 90 wins, and I think that's going to be enough. All right, last question for me, Joe. Of course, the voting uh, has begun for the All-Star game for the last week and a half or so. Uh, Some people say the White Sox may have two All-Stars this year representing them in Los Angeles next month. Some people say they may have as popular as four to five. I don't know where people have gotten that from. Maybe you can help me. I I don't know. But as of right now, who do you have uh, representing the White Sox at next month's All-Star game in L.A.? Uh, I think you're going to see Michael Kopech for sure on the All-Star team. He's been phenomenal to say the least uh, I do think you're probably going to see Dylan Cease whether it's in a sub role or voted into a starting position so there's two <laughs> uh, I Tim Anderson I think for sure is going to make the all-star team so there's three um, I, I I know I sound a little and I hope I'm wrong about this but Jake Berger has been so good. If he continues his run here through the month of June, I think you could see him make the all-star team. And I hope I'm wrong because if, if he makes the all-star team, that means he won't be on our show on July 18th because <laughs> he'll be in the all-star game. But um, I'd, I'd much rather he be on my show. But uh, if Jake continues his run, he's I think he could be on the all-star team as well. And, and Jose Abreu is, is a shoe-in, um, especially given his performance lately. I think Jose Abreu. So I think the White Sox have – four or five starters, I think, or not starters, but four or five members of the all-star team. Tim Anderson will be a starter. I think he'll probably be the only starter unless Kopech has two great starts after this injury. But uh, I think Kopech being on the innings limit, I don't think he would be the starter. So I think you're looking at uh, Tim Anderson being a starter in the all-star game. I can see Jake, Jake Berger being on that last man ballot. You know how the White Sox uh, do that yep. advertising campaign. Mm-hmm. You saw with Pesetnik back in 05 and eight, punch yeah. AJ uh, a year punch later AJ. in 06. So, <laughs> so I can see if Jake Berger makes that uh, last man in, uh, the White Sox will, I'm sure will have a great campaign for that. I, I, I definitely can see that. I will say, though, if, if Jake gets in, I, I don't want him anywhere near the home run derby. If if that right, dude, don't, <laughs> right. Don't, I, I, don't mess up your swing. I don't want it. No. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. I mean, oh yeah, hitters kind of you know they drain their drain everything out. You know, during that home run derby, you can you can check our, our thanks to Joe Mandel from the South Burst Hitman Podcast on the Barroom Network. Joe, where people where can people find you on the social media? Yeah, so you could follow me on Twitter at uh, Joe Mandel. You can follow uh, South Burbs Hitman on Twitter at South Burb Hitman. We also have a Facebook page. Uh, make sure you follow uh, the Barroom Network and subscribe as well because we have a ton of other great shows there. I also do a fantasy football show during football season called Fantasy Football Goon. And uh, we have uh, uh, Sean Sierra joining us on the show on Monday. So that's going to be uh, 
that's going to be a great one as well. Yeah. Talking some, some white Sox with him. So uh, lots of great stuff coming up and lots of white Sox baseball to talk about and big series white Sox on Apple TV plus tonight against the Houston Astros. And I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Joe. Uh, yeah, this has been so much fun. And make sure you guys uh, you guys check out the South Burst and podcast on the Barroom Never. Also, you know, other great shows they have as well. Joe, thank you so much. And uh, we'll definitely have to do this again soon. We'll probably Absolutely. do football season, too, since you're a fancy football yeah. Uh, guy. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd, I'd love that. And, yeah, uh, love talking baseball, especially White Sox. And uh, we'll see what happens. Let's, let's finally get some wins together. And first place isn't that far away. All right, Joe. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds right. like a plan. Thank you, thanks, guys. Joe. Stay safe. All right. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Once again, that was Joe Mandel. He's a co-host of the South Burbs Hitman Podcast, the White Sox Podcast, part of the Barroom Network. Check him out on Twitter at Joe Mandel. Once again, at J-O-E-M-A-N-D-E-L on the Twitter. Give him a follow. He's a great follow uh, for, for that podcast. Lakina, we got to uh, take a quick break. But when we return, we had to get into the Stanley Cup Finals, and we have some more uh, sports media news and nuggets as well. I know you have some leftover thoughts as well with our conversations with uh, with our girl Christine from last hour. We'll get into that and a whole lot more. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports right here on Sports Old Chicago.
Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the Living Color on the Friday edition right here on Sports Old Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. We have less than nine. Oh, so sorry. We have less than a half hour left of this extravaganza. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us? You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's uh, go to that hockey. Let's do that hockey in mm-hmm. game one of the Stanley Cup final 2022 style. Uh, that took place in the uh, in, in, in different, formerly known as the Pepsi Center, <laughs> uh, bills between the Colorado Avalanche, the Western Conference champions, and the Eastern Conference champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, Tampa Bay is making their third straight appearance in the Stanley Cup final, while the Avalanche are making their first appearance in the Stanley Cup final, uh, the first time in, in the last 20 years. Lakina, it was an exciting first period in game one, Colorado scoring three of the first four goals of the game. Tampa Bay came back and tied it up in the third period. But uh, like you mentioned uh, early in the show, uh, not nearly 90 seconds into overtime, (laughs) uh, uh, the Colorado Avalanche ended it with uh, with a big 4-3 win. Now take a 1-0 series lead. Game two is tomorrow night at at 7 o'clock Chicago time on ABC. Yeah, and I, and I saw they got you know really solid ratings for Game One, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm thinking that the Rays are going to go up here now, especially now that the NBA Finals are over, with, they don't have to worry yeah. about sort of overlapping and such. So, I mean, this was sort of like you know, this is a crazy game, right? You know, the the Avs went up to nothing, but then you know Nicholas Paul got the you know got the got one goal back, then mm-hmm. Lekkinen you know got the goal back to right before the end of the first quarter, then Paletz and Sujerov had. You know, tied, you know, scored to tie the game for the Lightning. And then Burakowski, I should say, you know, came right in and uh, not even 90 seconds into the overtime, scored the game winner for the Owls. I mean, it's sort of one of those things where if you're the Lightning, you're probably already like kicking yourself because you you had a chance to win that game. So, you know, look, the good news is they get a couple of days off, you know, to kind of, you know, sort of refresh and sort of think, you know, put that pressure on and show that experience because I think that's going to probably be the key for Lightning. They want to win you know, go back to back to back. Yeah, here's the thing that took a couple of things I took away from game one. Number one, the, that first period was a filling out period. We all know uh, the first game of a series in the first few minutes, especially in hockey, is a filling out uh, period, uh, which type of style uh, that the teams play. You can watch all the video you want. You can read all the scouting reports, but uh, nothing will come to fruition to get out there on the ice. It was a filling out period. Uh, Colorado, and we all know they're a fast-paced team. They like to uh, put up goals on the scoreboard in a hurry. In Tampa Bay, they were playing back on their heels a little bit, so uh, they, they had a lot of catching up to do. They did that. I thought the second period and on, I thought they took control of the game, but Colorado, didn't. they didn't get too rattled. They stayed with it. Uh, they stayed with it uh, towards the end of that third period, thus uh, leading to the game-winning goal in overtime. But I think Tampa Bay can take some positives uh, from that loss in game one. They've been there before. If you're Tampa Bay Lightning fans, no time to panic. I know you're looking at the score sheet. Oh, veteran Corey Perry from the Anaheim days. Corey Perry didn't do anything. Steven Stamkos only had three shots on goal. Where was he? Blah, blah, blah. 
These veterans, they've been there before. They know what they're doing. They're fine. I expect Steven Samkos to score a goal for Tampa Bay in game two. I expect Tampa to play a whole lot better than game two. Like I said, that first period wasn't their best period in these playoffs. For the second period on, I thought they did a better job. But uh, if you're a Tampa Bay fan, not all is lost. No, it's not. And I, I think, look, unfortunately, they were, they should be more aggressive than they were go. I mean, Velasquezki had uh, 34 saves for mm-hmm. the Lightning, but unfortunately that wasn't enough. And also, too, they need to, like you, like you said, so, I mean, more aggressive, you know, especially on, you know, on the side, you know, on the offensive side. I mean, Darcy Kemper only, only uh, had to deal with 23 shots. So that's yeah. not, that's not good if you're trying to win your third straight Stanley Cup. So I think, you know, more, they got to be more aggressive. I think that another thing is that they're probably going to have to, like I said, show that experience and especially sort of try to still like still game two at home in Colorado, because if not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say if, if, if the ads go up to, Oh, that, Oh, well, you know, it's over. I'm not going to say that because these are the lightning mm-hmm. we're talking about, but you know, you don't want to be in an O2 hole going back to Tampa. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Remember we talked about this on Monday during our preview segment. Well, one of the keys I said was the special teams, uh, except for the shots on goal. Uh, this, uh, this, that was uh, uh, slightly different as well. One for three for Colorado on the power play, 0 for three for Tampa. Both teams got to play discipline. And you, and you saw that for the most part, but uh, Colorado scored their uh, score one of their four goals on the power play. Tampa Bay was 0 for three. Tampa Bay must take advantage when they have it with the extra man advantage. Yeah, I think that's sort of been that's kind of been a weakness for them too. Uh, this this postseason, so they're definitely mm-hmm. going to have to shore that up if they want to, you know, try to um, get back into this series. But yeah, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if Lightning do end up winning tomorrow night because I, I think, like I said, the experience and such. I know Stan Coast is going to step step up, and Nuka Trail is going to as well. These mm-hmm. guys have been there; they know they're not. This is their first rodeo, so they know what to do. So I'm thinking that they probably are going to be more aggressive tomorrow night, and I, you know, hopefully they can tie this series for the Lightning. Yeah, and hopefully too, if you're Tampa Bay, hopefully you, you can neutralize uh, Gabriel Legascott and Nathan McKinnon because those two young men can fly, and mm-hmm. we saw them uh, do that the other night, uh, especially in that first period. So Colorado's top line is perhaps the best line in hockey so uh, so far, definitely during these playoffs, and you saw them uh, generate some of that energy uh, the other night in Game One. So if Tampa Bay can neutralize the Colorado's top line. They have more than the hell's chance, excuse my French, more than mm-hmm. the hell's chance to steal game two tomorrow. Like I said, I expect to be a tighter game. It was a very physical game. I know Colorado out hit Tampa 43 to 40, but these two teams can fly down the ice. And I expect uh, this trend to continue tomorrow night. But I think Tampa Bay will play much better. As you mentioned, Lakina, the extra day off uh, will help. I think you'll see a tighter game. Uh, don't be surprised. You'll see uh, a 3 2 two to one game tomorrow night because Tampa Bay will make the adjustments. Colorado can you make the adjustment to Tampa Bay because we all know that Tampa Bay is going to play a much tighter game and try to uh, neutralize Colorado's advantage uh, advantage offensively. And let, let's be real here, Lakina. Tampa Bay, when they get physical, uh, they could create turnovers. And if that happens, they'll be scoring goals in a hurry going the other way. Yeah, and I think that they can do it too. We've seen them do that too. Yes. Excuse me, about these playoffs, so – like I guess, like I said, we'll see what happens. I mean, if you're the lightning, you try to try to jump in early and not try to be in a hole early. So, because you know, if not, you're gonna have you were able to get out of the hole, but unfortunately, you still end up losing the game. You don't want to be in that hole early, have to you know dig your way out of it. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, of course, your know, game game two is tomorrow night on ABC and, and also stream on ESPN Plus. Also, we'll have a game three when we we could be on Monday. Said we'll have a game three to preview. That's mm-hmm. gonna also be at seven o'clock on ESPN Plus. 
you know, we'll see if it's going to be one, one, or we're going to the ask going to be up two Oh, we'll see what happens there. And also to Wednesday's game at seven o'clock in Tampa game four will be at seven o'clock on ABC. Of course, also streaming on ESPN plus. So make sure you guys check out. And also too, now you don't have to worry about the NBA finals anymore. So now you have a chance to watch, uh, watch the Stanley cup finals. So it's a great time. So make sure you guys check it out. Yes, and I think we talked about this before on our last show, Lakina, uh, about the hockey ratings uh, being up. I think the main reason why is because you can f- find it on one place now, a couple of places, of course. We know Turner is done until next season, but you can find all the Stanley Cup final games on ESPN slash ABC. You don't have to go to NBC Sports Network, which is now defunct. You don't have to go to USA or CNBC to watch some first-round games. and You don't have to go somewhere else where the – oh, remember OLN oh, <laughs> in gosh. versus – you know, you don't, we don't have to deal with that foolishness anymore. So people could uh, find hockey fans to could find, and casual fans to could go to one place to find the games they can watch. And they haven't had much uh, overlapping with the NBA. I think ESPN has played this perfectly throughout these playoffs in terms of the coverage and being respectful to the NBA. And some of the games have been good and, and their ratings have shown it. Yeah, it's been. You put it all yeah, in one been, place where people are familiar with. People will watch. Yeah, people actually have to, even if you even if you stream it too. I mean, people like you can get ABC and your local affiliate. So and the ESPN mm-hmm. as well, and also TBS and T and well and well, T, well TNT mostly, but every it's mm-hmm. a basic cable network, so you can yes. find that and you can stream it too. So and I it's it, it's great, and I I I love it, and you know I'm happy for them because they really needed the boost, and like you said, being consistently in two places where easy to find. And you know, basic cable and all, but also in this case, yes. the ABC. So, yeah, just a great time by all. Now, going back to basketball for a second, uh, Steph Curry will finally get able to get his number retired at Davidson. Of course, you know, he finally got his degree. So, you know, congrats to him. I'm sure he's going to get his jersey retired. I'm sure when they travel to Charlotte, the Warriors do next season. His college coach, Bob McKillop from Davidson, has announced his retirement after 33 seasons. He's had you know, 19 postseason appearances, 10 NCAA tournament appearances, eight NIT appearances, 15 regular season conference titles, 13 Southern, that's Southern Conference, Southern Conference regular season titles, also two of 15, uh, no, 10 regular season titles, and eight conference uh, championships. So a great resume by uh, Steph with Steph's uh, former coach. So, you know, also two of the perfect time. I'm sure they're going to be honoring both of them at the same time, I'm sure. So I'm sure they're going to find a date for that. So congrats to the coach McKillop on his retirement. Yes, congratulations to Coach on his retirement, and uh, he can claim that he, yeah, he was there in the early stages of perhaps one of the best players when it's all said and done uh, in Steph Curry uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, his early development. So congratulations to Coach as well. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. Lakina, let's go back to baseball real quick. We'll uh, we delve in. Well, we know the Cubs are on a 10 game losing streak. They're playing Atlanta this weekend, and we'll give a short review of that series on Monday. But let's uh, stick to the national side of baseball. <laughs> let's stick to the national side of baseball, Lakina. St. Louis and Los Angeles, both the Los Angeles Dodgers, both had near no hitters this week. Yeah, I know. They just missed it, sort of. And uh, it's, it's crazy because the yeah, Otani actually broke up one of them. I mean, go figure, yeah. right? So that was a uh, darn. Also, to uh, Miles Mikolas, you know, you know, he fell one out short of that no hitter. And, you know, since mm-hmm. Michael Walker it, did it in 2013. So the, the, the last one actually thrown by Bud Smith. You got to go all the way back to 01. 
for that. So, yeah, so just missed a couple of no-hitters by both the Cardinals and the Dodgers this weekend. But, look, I'm, this week I'm sure. But, you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll take the win. So it, it would have been nice if they got the no-hitter. But I think they both teams won. So I think that's that's probably the important thing at this point. Yeah, have you noticed uh, that uh, we've, we've been seeing a lot of no-hitters over the past five, six years? Mm-hmm. What do you think that's attributed to? Oh, God. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think it could be it could be like a, a whole different all kinds of things, Sid, right? I mean, it, it's sort of it could be maybe the way the baseballs are, maybe because the way they're hitting, you know, the strategy of the hitting these days. I mean, I, I don't know. It could be all different kinds of things that we're seeing to be, you know, seeing more no hitters. When we talked about it was like, what, 10 last year? We're, we're counting 10. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you know, don't we're not going through that again. Uh, we hashing <laughs> that, but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think there's sort of you know you got you know guys are kind of like you're know, getting control, especially with the pitch count and also the the pitch mm-hmm. clock now too is becoming more prevalent now. So yeah, it's sort of one of those things where I I think it's just you know maybe it's just sort of like this is sort of the error. Look, you're still gonna get you know big hits. I mean, look, the error judge hit a couple of monster home runs in you know this week, so that's not gonna mm-hmm. be a problem. So if I think you know the, the chances are, I think you know especially the way you know the the, the catcher and such. So it could be some people say maybe the strike shows might be a little bit different too, depending on the umpire. But I think it's all different types of, of reasons why we're seeing more no hitters. But I don't think it's just one thing. I think part of it is the shift as well. That's S H I F T for those of you scoring at home. We do not swear too much on this show, <laughs> but you know, the way the, uh, the shift technique on, on most hitters are, are being played now. And like you said, there could be uh, uh, the baseball sizes as well. Uh, uh, that could be also a different factor, but uh, remember as we were kids looking at you, uh, you had, uh, you at least watched uh, at least two, maybe three no hitters a year. And now you, mm-hmm. like you said, we get Average about four or five a year. Like I said, last year we, we were in the double digits, and we we almost had a couple of more earlier this week. But I'm not going to say that the the lust of the no hitter is gone, but it's it's becoming it, it may be starting to uh, we maybe we are in the early stages of starting to see that it's becoming more commonplace. But I think that it's kind of lost its luster just a little bit. Over the last few years, it's still a great thing to see. I was on my the edge of my seat uh, watching the end of that Dodgers Angels game the other the other day when Anderson almost pulled it off. But uh, I think it may have lost its luster just a little bit. Mm, I don't think so. I, I think look, okay, look, you know, look. There's rare. I think what maybe like two by five percent of all five to ten percent of all pitchers of pitch no hitters. So it's still mm-hmm. a special special stat to have. So you can always say, even if you're kind of a lesser known guy, look, Marlboro has got both a perfect game and a no hitter. So, you know, we yeah. can kind of say that that's sort of, you know, look, some of the best pitchers have actually never threw a no hitter, not even a perfect game. So I think, look, it's still a great stat. It's still nice to have in your resume. And so, so I don't think it's lost to Lester, but. All right. What, what else has caught your eye uh, around baseball for this week? You know, it's sort of like you said. Other than the you know, the immac- immaculate innings, you know that the both that two Astro pitchers uh, uh, pitched, like we talked about earlier with Christine. Also, to Amay Machado just became you know he hit his fifteen hundred career hit. He's a twelfth player in the wild card eras to accumulate all the, you know at least fifteen hundred hits before thirty. He's not even to thirty yet, so you know that's crazy what he's doing. Also, he's he's kept the other you know, the Padres. They're now in first place because the Dodgers kind of had a little bit of a uh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> a a little bit, but look, I'm sure they'll be back up there, so I'm not gonna, I'm not too worried about. Dodgers fans should now freak out 
I know some Dodgers, you know how Dodgers fans are. They want Dave Roberts fired, blah, blah, blah. But Yeah, no I also listened to one of their shows, uh, sports radio shows early this week, and one crazy fan said that, and this host said, calm down, Dave Roberts isn't going anywhere. And that was that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's only a half game back. I mean, you know, right. crazy things, you know, they're, they're kind of back and forth. So I think that the Dodgers will be fine. I know they're going through some injury, like I said, with Bueller being out, also Kershaw mm-hmm. still out. So, you know, they're, they're, they're staying afloat. So I'm not too worried about them. Of course, the Yankees, they've won 10. They've won 10 in a row. The Braves have now won 14 in a row. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> it's some of the things. But even though, yeah, the Braves have won 14 in a row, they're still about, what, like, six games back of you know, the AL, the NL East, I should say. So it's just yeah. crazy. <laughs> Also, too, in the ALE, so uh, Toronto took care of Baltimore, even though Baltimore beat them uh, yesterday. Uh, Toronto takes two, two out of three from Baltimore, so they're still hanging around. Uh, the Mets had a little bit of trouble with the Brewers this week, but like you said, they still lead in the NL East. Of course, the Padres had no problem sweeping the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> uh, they, they got their revenge on what happened to them uh, back in San Diego early last month. You mentioned uh, at the top of our interview, at the top of the hour, with our guy Joe Mandel. Uh, from the Barroom Network, the Cleveland Guardians uh, uh, give Terry Francona credit. They may not have the resources uh, to get the top guys at the trade deadline, but they still had that. Uh, he still has that Cleveland Guardians team competitor. That's why they're in second place. It's not a facade, folks. They're a uh, very good team. Yeah, and I think people should take them seriously. I know Sox fans want to go over the, them and you know just think about the Twins, but the, the mm-hmm. Guardians are actually pretty good too. So let, yeah. let's not you know ignore them. Now, going into this weekend, some great series. You got the Phillies and Washington. You know, Phillies had a had a crazy week. We'll see if they can, you know, you know get back on track. Atlanta and the Cubs, whatever. Uh, they're playing right now as we speak. Yeah, the, the Cubs just stick at this point. It's not even there. We're mentioning at this point. Uh, Tampa Bay and Baltimore, that should be a fun one because we all know Baltimore has given Tampa a hard time. They, you know, they mm-hmm. lost two out of three to the Yankees. I'm talking about the race, so they need to get back on track. Yeah, they do. Um, a walk in Cincy, um, you know, double header. Of course, you know the the uh, Phillies and Washington Nationals game. That's a double header this Friday. You know, kicking off the weekend. Giants and uh, the Pirates. You know, the Giants you know, are kind of getting together a little bit. They're only four and a half back in mm-hmm. the West. Uh, Yankees and the Blue Jays. This should be fun. We'll see I'm looking forward they, to this one. <laughs> this should be a lot of fun. And the Blue, we'll see if the Blue Jays. You know, can snap that win streak against the Yankees. Miami, some of their guys are being the subject, subject of trade rumors. Of course, Jazz Chisholm being one of them. Uh, they play the Mets to start off that series. Uh, St. Louis and Boston. This should be interesting. That should be a good one, too, at 6 10. Always fun when those teams match up. Uh, Texas Rematch and Detroit. the whole World Series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting, right? Uh, yeah. You got Texas and uh, Detroit. That game starts off at 6 10. Yeah, uh, Cecil Fielder will be honored on, I believe, Sunday by Detroit mm-hmm. with the yep. with the fifty home run season he had back in nineteen ninety. Detroit's going to honor him, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah, that should be a cool. I'm sure there's going to be clips of that all over the place. Of course, you got the the White Sox playing the Astros. The first game mm-hmm. of that deal game will be on Apple TV Plus, so it's not going to be anywhere locally. So sorry, folks, you're going to have to. No yeah, Sony and Bonetti tonight. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. So you're going to have to find other ways to watch the game. You don't have Apple TV+. Plus. San Diego and Colorado, that should be a fun one in the NL West. Uh, Kansas City and Oakland. Uh, okay, we'll see if maybe like how many. Uh. I'm, sure, I'm sure like whatever the over-under is, I guess, for that uh, for the attendance of that game. Yeah. <laughs> 
Minnesota, Arizona, um, you know, they start off their series, the Angels and the Mariners. Mariners are starting to kind of creep up a little bit. We'll see how mm-hmm. they goes there with these two teams. Also, uh, the Guardians and the Dodgers. That should be a fun one. That's the second game of the Apple TV Plus doubleheader. Nice. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of the Guardians and Dodgers, uh, the MLB on Fox Saturday baseball Saturday night action will continue tomorrow or today. If you're listening back on the podcast at War on Anchor, your Fox Saturday baseball uh, game of the week, uh, you'll get Cardinals at Red Sox or Cleveland at the Dodgers. So those are your two games on Fox this Saturday night. And FS1 will have Texas and Detroit at 310. And on Sunday, the Phillies and the Nationals will kick off the Peacock coverage on Sunday. That'll be on the Peacock app. And mm-hmm. also to uh, Houston and Chicago will be getting the uh, Sunday Night Baseball treatment at 6 o'clock. Yes. Uh, so that's your schedule for Major League Baseball uh, for this coming weekend. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, live in the 11 color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina with you for the last couple of moments. Lakina. One more story to talk about from the sports media world. MLS and Apple TV has has made a deal marrying each other, and they'll see a uh, salary cap rise, but the production costs will impact how much of a rise we will see. So uh, I believe this deal will start next season, which Mm -hmm. means locally here in Chicago, I know the the Chicago Fire Games were on WGN TV. I know Uh that was WGN TV's last – uh, uh, last sport live broadcasting sporting events, mm-hmm. and now there'll be no more. Yeah, as they move exclusively to Apple TV. Yeah, I, yeah, I think this this could definitely help MLS a little bit since they definitely need the help. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it's going to have a streaming, you know, exclusively. So yeah, I think this deal with Apple TV Plus. I mean, again, you know, we know they want to get into the sports game, Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it with baseball. You know, there's rumors they may, they may be doing it with the NBA next season. So I think starting off with uh, MLS, I think that could – this could be, you know, this could help a little, a little bit. But, you know, it'll kind of like – I think I heard I saw a couple hours ago say they have – it's going to have unintended consequences like you just said, Sid. Unfortunately, you know, those fire games will no longer be on mm-hmm. uh, WGN. So, you know, this is $2.5 billion – and you know all the broadcast games and such. So, it, you know it, it's. Yeah, I mean, this doesn't help because they're trying to grow. They've been trying to grow the game for some time now, and mm-hmm. you know, it'll, they'll, they'll, they'll probably listen to uh, the local radio broadcasts when it's available. But unfortunately, I think a lot. I think the fire. I forgot which uh, radio network the fire is in, but uh, it it you know it's not going to be perfect. I mean, we'll see what happens with the TV deals once that was that's you know, arise with. Uh, ESPN and uh, FS1, but I mean, they need something to latch on to MLS, so we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens here. Yeah, and just one last thing before we jet for the weekend. Uh, Apple TV, we talked about this a few months ago, Lakina, they're trying to take over uh, the NFL with this uh, Sunday ticket package once that contract's up mm-hmm. with DirecTV. And uh, you mentioned the NBA. I know they haven't uh, had exclusive games on the streaming services yet, yet, but you know it's coming. I don't know if it's going to be done for next season. Maybe it will be the, just to try to test it out, but uh, if, for you all you basketball fans, get ready because uh, uh, what you've seen in baseball now and what you see with MLS, we've just been talking about the last couple of minutes, you, you're going to see it in the NBA uh, very soon. Sooner probably rather than later. Yeah, and I think uh, this is probably going to be the, like you said, unintended, unintended consequences and <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we know Apple TV wants to get into the uh, to the game, so you know, you got streaming, so between mm-hmm. streaming and everything else, I think, you know, of course, you we're gonna see something similar here and other other entities as well. So I don't know, like I said, people need options, and like I said, this one, I think if you're is well, the case of MLS, I think they needed something because the ratings for both the TV, you know, wasn't very good. So I figured, okay, let's put in streaming, so we'll get the money and and such. Yeah. So. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the NFL, I mean, with the Sunday ticket, we'll see how this goes. I mean, I'm sure this is probably the start of it to kind of see what, what's going to be for when they, if, if they do end up officially mm-hmm. taking over the Sunday ticket uh, for the NFL, I'll come up top Apple TV plus. So we'll see. Yeah, we will see any last uh, closing nuggets or thoughts before we jet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the. Uh, of course, we got some, we just mentioned some of the uh, the baseball uh, series, some really great ones coming up this weekend. Of course, you got the U.S. Open, uh, Father's Day tradition. So all you guys, you know, could be watching it with their your dads and such. Yeah, uh, Phil Mickelson misses the cut. Breaking news. Yeah, by the way. yeah, plus eleven. I just saw that. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not surprised. I'm sure there could be some people that are gonna be too happy about that. Aren't I'm gonna join that other league. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the and the money too. So we'll we'll leave yep. that alone. <laughs> also, we got the NHL, uh, of course, Stanley Cup final continuing this weekend. So make sure you guys check that. Also, to all you uh, college baseball fans, the College World Series is commencing right now in Omaha. Of course, you know Omaha. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, some of the teams, you know, Notre Dame's their first ever. Well, well, it's their first appearance in a while, about twenty years. And Oklahoma and AM are going are playing right now. Oklahoma's up eight nothing in the bottom of the second. So that that those games will be uh we uh, shown on ESPN, ESPN two, and, and ESPN plus as well. So make sure you guys check that out as well. So a lot of great sports uh, action coming at you this weekend. Yeah, so I feel kind of strange, Lakina. No uh, Sox game for me this weekend, so I get actually get a chance to chill and watch some of these events live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's not supposed to be too too hot either this weekend. So, especially in some parts. Of, of course, I'm gonna enjoy again. the weather too. Of course. Yeah, I'll say it's gonna get hot again too. So <laughs> make sure I guess enjoy it. It's, and so, so happy Father's Day to all the fathers and fathers yes. out there. So you got some great sports to check out with with the kids and the grandkids this week. Yes, so happy Father's Day to one and all. Yes, you follow you follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kingdom McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we'd like to thank Miss Christine Manica from KXRB Radio for joining us and Joel Mandel from South. South Burb Hitman Podcast. That's a White Sox podcast part of the Barroom Network. We'd like to thank both those people, one and all, for joining us today. All right. So, again, guys, you know, it's a great sports weekend. Make sure you guys stay cool if it's hot in some parts of your parts of the yes. country. And, uh, two of you have, I'll say, make sure you hydrate with the right stuff and everything else. You know, be safe out there. And, uh, look, if you gotta walk over a mask, you know, look, at least wash your hands. You're not going to get vaccinated. You know, look, wear your mask, wash your hands, and be good to each other. This, this has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. Go Sox! Holla! <laughs>